Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sanderlanch podcast. Today, we are covering Mistborn, The Final Empire, chapters 37, 38, and the epilogue. That is, hopefully, the epilogue makes it obvious. That is through the end of the book. We are finishing uh, The Final Empire today. In these chapters, stuff happens. Many, many stuffs happen. And uh, Vin fights the Lord Ruler, and things go bad. And then Marsh shows up. I don't know if anyone was expecting that. And uh, then they topple the final empire. It's a, it's a whole thing. So I'm Data, and with me is... Jamie. Joe. And Dak. Okay. So let's, let's jump into this. Hold on to something, everybody. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. My revolution carries me in a moment lost in Okay, so finally, after what this is, 18 episodes, the book we have wrapped up. You guys finally got to read the end. What did you think of these chapters and the end? And do you feel like I lied to you at the beginning when I said that we get more or less a full story here? <laughs> I I have to admit, at the end of the chapters we read last week, I was like, I do not know how they're going to wrap this up in, mm-hmm. in two chapters and an epilogue. You said it's a complete story. I just don't know how we're going to get there. And I've got to say, it was pretty good how it all wrapped up and, and all the little things that came together. And it definitely was a complete story, but there's definitely lots of little things to carry us through into the mm. next books. And um, it was it was fun to see what theories sort of panned out without us even knowing that we'd thrown away such comments uh. um, in, in previous <laughs> episodes. So... Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed how how it all wrapped up. So, I there are parts of this these last two chapters in the epilogue that I thought were really great, and there were parts that I was actually pretty disappointed by. And mm. uh, we'll we'll get into that as we go. But I will say, if I didn't know that there were other books after this one, and you told me, "Hey, read this book. It's a complete story," and I got to the end, I would have been like. Not, what what no there's there's got to be more mm. especially after the epilogue i was just like oh well this is bs <laughs> <laughs> but but um not to say i didn't enjoy the book i did i'm just not completely feeling that i got a complete story here but okay. we'll get into it that's fair a lot of shit went down and that was pretty cool <laughs> Um, no, I really enjoyed these last couple of chapters. Like, I also was just like, like two chapters left, and like, I, I don't know how you can wrap this story up in a in a way that seems like this particular story arc has concluded conclusively. That's kind of redundant. Um, <laughs> just yeah, you know, like we we left it on. Yeah, this is God. We finally see the breadth of His power. How how are we supposed to, how are we supposed to bring that down? So and then they wound up doing that. It's like no, that happened a lot quicker than I thought it would. <laughs> you know, this is, but um, you know, it it panned out. I liked the ending of the story. I think I think it did wrap up at least this arc of the story fairly well. But yeah, definitely a lot of sequel hooks just left in there. A, a bit some of them I thought actually were a bit clunkier than I was expecting. But oh, um, okay. that's not. Not, not to say they were bad, but it's like it was very obvious. Uh, this is set up for next book. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll be interested when we get there to hear which bits you're thinking. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, let's start getting into it. So the first epilogue here, uh, he's talking about how beautiful the Epigraph. sun is. Epigraph. Epigraph, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> 18 uh, episodes and we're still making those mistakes. Yep. Yep. Those are the kind of mistakes you can enjoy only on the Sanderlanch. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing particularly, I think, informative or uh, helpful in this epigraph. It's just like, man, the sun is pretty. This is the thing that keeps me going. It is a yellow sun. It is. That's actually a really good point. Yep. So uh, we know the red sun is not right, but then Kelsier's been telling us that the whole book. So I guess he uh, maybe knows where from he speaks a little bit. Mm. So we get a dachshund viewpoint, which uh, is the first time here. And I was actually, this is, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the uh, annotations because he starts off here and he says, we start this chapter with our only dachshund viewpoint. You'll notice that it's a hallmark of my style to start multiplying viewpoint characters as books draw to their climaxes. I feel, I like the feeling of chaos it creates and I like the way it lets me show off a lot of sides of what's happening. In addition, it just makes the ending feel more special since you get to see from eyes that you haven't before. And I, that makes sense to me. I like jumping around to different people. I think definitely gives it a more chaotic feel as you're approaching the end. Well, especially if you've gotten so used to it only being a handful to start with. Mm-hmm. So Doxon is trying to make Kelsier's vision a reality here and handling the, the, the mess that Kelsier left in on their plate when he died. And uh, we meet Captain Gorodel, who uh, was one of the men that Vin helped convert outside the Lord Ruler's Palace. And he's helping out. Good guy. Good guy, Gordell. <laughs> Keep Alariel has fallen, and Ham broke his sword somewhere along. He broke a sword. Like, how does that happen? Yeah, you know, you're swinging it really hard. Yeah, exactly. You're putting too much force behind your swing. The sword isn't full of pewter. It can't keep up with the force. It's going to break. Uh, and so this is – so I feel like this scene is really like classic Dachshund being the guy who makes everything actually work. So it, it feels really just like what we're used to seeing from him over the book. Like the whole, it's like, oh yeah, someone on this crew needs to be realistic. I'm like, uh, how do you make how do you make bureaucracy sound arrogant? <laughs> well, he makes a good point. Vin just ran off to fight the Lord Ruler or something. He's like, yeah. nobody thinks about what they're doing before they do it. Yeah, I really want him to break into a big musical number here. It's like, <laughs> when I was two, there was a tidal wave in Kingston Town. <laughs> <laughs> there was a hurricane in Kingston Town. Yeah, I know. The tidal wave one is from Zoidberg at the end. Uh, okay. Gotta keep Zoid. up with Futurama stuff. Yep. <laughs> and then Ellen shows up. <laughs> one of the rebels is just like, hey, this guy said he'd give us money if we brought him to you. Which, you know, that's really not a good, <laughs> that's not a good way to go. It's like, we're a secret organization trying to take over the city. This guy said he'd give us money, so we brought him <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a secret so much anymore now that they're openly attacking everyone, basically. Well, yeah, but you don't bring him to the leader of the rebellion and be like, hey, this guy said he'd give us money. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. It's like, hey, this Inquisitor said that he'd pay us if we brought him to the leadership. Wasn't that nice? But let's, let's just put a bag over his head. Oh, no, it's poking holes in the back <laughs> of his spikes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Ellen, he's like, hey, I've come to offer you a truce. And Toxin's just like, what? You're what? <laughs> And Ellen tries to convince him. It's like, hey, you don't need to destroy the nobility. That that'll that'll hurt you. You know, it'll we control the economy. The empire will collapse without us. And Doxon's like, well, yeah, that's that's what we're doing here. <laughs> I just imagined like the Mister Burns. He finally well, got <laughs> But Ellen's like, no, no, no. Listen, leave the noblemen alone. They're not gonna fight you. They're just gonna sit in their keeps and like be scared. 
And Dachshund's like, huh, yeah, probably. And then as he starts talking, he realizes that Ellen is no longer paying attention to him. And he thinks blasted hard man to have a conversation with, which ain't that the truth. Yep. Short attention span. He's this like, is the guy. Is this what yeah. Ben was complaining about? He's not even holding a book. <laughs> He's not even holding a book. Yeah, if he was holding a book, it'd be ten times worse. He's just like, oh, I'm sorry. I started reading while you were talking. My bad. <laughs> but, uh, the and, and this is the guy that's going to become king, people. Sorry, you must have been boring me. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he's like, hey, I recognize you. You're that guy who helped Lord Renew's servants escape when Ham walks back up. So you know Valette, right? She'll tell you to listen. And they're like, oh, yeah, she's she's in the Lord of Rulers dungeons, probably, if she's alive. And she is alive. Spoiler. So this next scene is interesting. We we, we get a second Inquisitor's name. It turns out Bendal, or Bendel, was the guy that Kelsier killed and is the one that has been chasing Vin for, like, years, even after everyone else thought that the girl was dead or never existed in the first place or whatever. My buddy, Benny. Good old Ben doll. <laughs> <laughs> and here is where we get the resolution to the Reen story. So what do you guys think? Now that we know the fate of Reen. I think I did say in a throwaway comment at one point about Carr when he was talking to, talking to Vin, I'm just like, all right, either this guy is Reen or he's the one that killed Reen. And both of those were wrong, but it did, but it did sort of hit on the fact that oh, maybe the Inquisitors did actually kill him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm like you know five, maybe seven percent accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I didn't expect him to be dead. If I'm being honest, the torture and the and the protecting Vin and the being dead, I, that was completely unexpected to me. Throughout all this, I didn't think that that would be the end of his story um but i still even after all that i really don't think that he they were even brother and sister something inside me tells me that maybe they were half brother and half sister but Hmm. i'm not sure i feel like i was expecting a bit more like you've asked us many times so it's like do you think we'll see rain or do you think this will happen and i was just like i i don't know maybe like maybe we will maybe we won't and then it's like ah he's dead Okay. <laughs> no, we won't see him anymore. <laughs> or will you? Bum, bum. Well, <laughs> maybe, but I, I don't think the Inquisitors are in, you know, the habit of, of letting people go. No, yeah. Also, it does, also like, lying about it. And lying about it for no reason. Yeah. Suck it on. Maybe a Kandra got his bones and started sucking on him, and we'll see Kandrine. <laughs> Kandrine? <laughs> a Kandrine. <laughs> but, but does it, I mean... We spent a lot of time talking about how Reen was, like, this asshole, so does it change your opinion of him knowing that, like, he spent nights and days of torture protecting his sister before he died? I think he's still an asshole, but I think <laughs> it puts him in a different light. Like, you can still be an asshole and do the right thing, and if he was trying to protect her and that's how he died, I think that's that's quite honourable. Is that why he left? Like, did he really leave, or did he get captured, or he left to protect her? You know, she's she's gone through her life being like, well, I was abandoned, but like, would he have come back or did he just go to protect her? Mm. You know, he still it still sounds like he was not a nice brother, but at the end of the day, they were still siblings and that's what was important. Yeah, I mean, we don't really know, like Jamie said, we don't really know the circumstances behind why he actually left in the first place. We don't know if he was captured and then been just believed, oh, he left me. 
or if he wrote her a note saying I'm leaving or what, you know, I don't, I don't feel like we got enough of the detail of that part of the story to know whether or not what his motivations were for, for not being with her. So I would say, you know, if he was captured and he never intended to leave her behind, then yeah, I feel like he's got some redemption to his story. If he left and then just happened to be captured and then protected her, I feel like it's probably not as big of a big of a thing for me that mm. I, don't, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of redemption in that with him you know just deciding he was going to leave her anyway but yeah, yeah makes it, sense it, it, yeah it doesn't make him a good person it makes him a better person than we thought like you know he's got some good qualities that doesn't necessarily make him a good person as a whole but you know there's room for interpretation the fact that he's dead means we'll never be able to fully explore that properly hmm and yeah, we'll never like. I, I assumed that he found out the Inquisitors were tailing him, and so he left Vin with Cammon specifically just to get out of there, so that they would not find like they were tracking him, not her. So then they wouldn't find her if he left. That was that was my assumption. It also makes you think too. How much did Cammon know? You know, we we've I think we've explored it before that maybe he he knew something was going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe he knew the whole time that she was an Alamancer. And, you know, Reen and set it up and thought, you know what, I've got to go to protect her, you keep her. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Did did Kaman possibly sell Reen to the Inquisitors? I mean, we don't don't know. I didn't consider that possibility. Yeah. That is an interesting point. Because they they tracked Vin to that thieving crew, which made me think, well, maybe they were just using special Inquisitor powers and tracking Vin, but if they had a suspicion that Reen was her brother, and then um, when they didn't get anything out of Reen when he died, they kind of forgot about it, but then she pops back up again, and she's with Kamon in the Obligator office, then maybe they figure, well, maybe she's with Kamon just like Reen was when he sold, it, sold him to us. So mm. uh, that that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't mm. know. That's just putting some extra thought into it that I hadn't thought about before. But that's a possibility. When we found Cameron dead and he had the hook through his throat, Kelsier was like, oh, he must have admitted because they saved that punishment for misuse of Alamancy. So he must have admitted that he knew you were an Alamancer, Vin, and that he was using you. So we know he had that much information at least he t- told the inquisitors under torture that he knew and they hooked him for it so who yeah. knows how much more he had i always um, um when the inquisitors talk about torturing reen and him not breaking it just makes me think of like that episode of the next generation with the cardassian who's like oh i know i know torture's not going to do anything to get information out of you i believe you you don't know what i'm asking i'm going to torture <laughs> you anyway yep <laughs> i thought it was just interesting when um the Inquisitor's talking about torture, and he's like, "Yeah, so um, it did. Yeah, the torture, the torture didn't work. Blah blah blah. Like we 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 made a mistake. Now I'm not so much of a fool to, that I that I can't make that I can't make a mistake. And I'm like, is that you having a dig at the Lord Ruler, who was just like, I have never made a mistake? Is this just you like t- like taking a jab at your boss? It almost sounds like that, doesn't it? Yep. Just coming so soon after Lord Ruler's like, I don't make mistakes. Other people make mistakes. Yep, so they're going to torture Sazed instead, uh, while Vin watches. Nice guys, these Inquisitors. They're they're a jolly uh, bunch of fellows. Okay, another bit that I wanted to read from the annotations on this one is 
him talking about Reen and bringing closure to the Reen plotline. He says what the Inquisitor says is true. In the end, Reen did not betray Vin. He died before he let that happen. He says Reen was not a good person. He beat Vin. He was selfish. He was conniving. However, he did love his sister. Most of his beatings happened because he was worried that she would expose them somehow and get herself killed. He knew that Inquisitors were chasing her because of her half-breed nature, and so he uprooted them constantly, moving from city to city. He kept her alive, teaching her to be harsh and teaching her to survive. And in the end, after the Inquisitors got him, he didn't betray her. I think that says a lot about him. And then there's the next paragraph is also fun, even though it moves on to a different topic. He says the Inquisitor does a little bit of standard villain fare in this chapter, I'm afraid. He monologues for just a bit and then leaves Vin alone with Sazed. There is no getting around this, I'm afraid. At least I think I have a good explanation for why he does what he does. He's the one who's going to go and get named head of the Steel Ministry in just a few minutes, so he can't exactly hang around. In fact, the Inquisitors all really need to be there. The Lord Ruler would not excuse them to go and stand watch on a single half-breed girl. So... It's required attendance. That's why they leave her well, I mean, alone. They've they've been, they've been demanding this promotion for so long. It's kind of like, well, if you don't show up now, you don't really want it. So, <laughs> so yeah, they're gonna torture Sazed. They've got him in there, all stripped and sad, and maybe beaten up a little bit. It's kind of hard to. A group of guards dragged a naked bound figure into the room, bruised and bleeding, into the cell beside Vin. So yeah, they've uh, they've beat Sazed up some. And we all love cigs, so you know. Yeah, they've been putting out cigarettes on him, <laughs> <laughs> kicking him in his uh, blank space. Oh, it's not good. <laughs> but it turns out that he intentionally got captured. He uh, he let them capture him, and so they would take him to where Vin was. And he has swallowed some metal so that he can use his uh, ferrochemy to get them out. And this may be the first time we actually see him do some of this stuff. Like, we've heard about him doing some of this stuff, but I don't know that we've seen him uh, using ferrochemy before. And so it's... He, like, hulks out. Yeah. Like, it says his muscles, like, deflate for a while, and then he gets really big. Bigger than ham. And uh, easily snaps off his bindings and rips off the door. It's like he went from being the head of the wrestling group in the avatar to being the boulder <laughs> <laughs> so this is not a bad plan by sazed assuming that he could depend on them to leave them alone for a few minutes yeah i feel like he really got lucky and it's like all right we need to we need to just leave you be for a bit like if the, if the inquisitor hadn't left the room i feel like that would have all gone to hell yeah you're not wrong because it goes to hell pretty quickly anyway yeah like some soldiers show up and Sazed is like no run go then get away <laughs> and Vin's like, wait, I can't leave him. Yeah. And then Captain Oblivious shows up. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's King Oblivious. Yeah. Oh, uh, don't get not, me not started. Yet. I got plenty to talk about on. <laughs> I got plenty to talk about on King Oblivious. <laughs> so yeah, Ellen. Uh, in case anyone was not clear on who Joe was referencing, <laughs> Ellen shows up with some uh, his personal guard and uh, Captain Gordell also. And is going to fight the Ministry soldiers with his nobleman's dueling cane. I would love to know how he convinced Doxon to allow this. <laughs> Apparently he's a difficult man to have a conversation with, so he's probably just like took off and Doxon's like, I'm not I'm not even going to bother to go after him. I don't care about him. <laughs> you do, you know. Well, but that is just like, guards, capture that fleeing nobleman. Now we're good. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so annoying that Doxon's like, please, just, just go. <laughs> We we won't take keep Lacall, or maybe we will. I don't. Just just leave. 
Oh my god, you're so annoying! <laughs> and then uh, the fight starts, but it does not go well for uh, Ellen's group. And then both Ellen and Sazed are like, okay, Vin, you have to go. Big surprise. And Vin's like, no, I'm not going to leave him. He, she says she tells Sazed that you came for me. We have to do the same for Ellen. And Sazed says, that was different, child. I knew I had a chance to save you. You cannot help here. There's beauty and compassion, but one must learn wisdom, too. I don't know. But I mean, Sazed is discounting love, okay? It's not just compassion. The power of love. Power that's what, of love. That's what Jamie said last time. The power of love was going to like overcome it's gonna, Yeah, it's going to conquer all. <laughs> Huey Lewis is going to show up and just start rocking out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> don't take money. Don't take fa- Oh, that's a different song. That was right. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be confusing, though. She's got Kelsia going, you've got a lot to learn about friendship. Or not Kelsia, one of them. You know. Well, that was Kelsia, yeah. That was Kelsey. Huh? So, you, you know, you're sitting there watching your friends die and then they're all going to rush in. And now she's like, I'm going to rush in. And they're like, no, run away. It's like, which, it's like what do you people do? make up your mind? <laughs> mixed messaging if I ever saw it. She's she's <laughs> definitely getting mixed messages. Of course, if she'd run in at the time Kelsey wanted to run in, she would have had Kelsey or backup. And he's super badass. So there was a difference there slightly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kelsey was here. He'd be spinning candelabras and, you know, cracking jokers in the face. <laughs> a whole different thing. But she uh, very, very luckily finds a trunk nearby with one of the tassels of her miscloak hanging out of it. And hey, here's a miscloak and some metal. And after that, the regular soldiers don't really have any chance because she's a mistborn and they are not. I like Ellen is fighting, even though he really can't fight very well. He's clearly never been trained or anything. And Sace is like, I'm, I apologize, mistress. I was wrong about that one. He's a good guy. Dumb as a rock, but a Dumb, good guy. Yeah. Not the smartest, uh, not the sharpest tool in the shed. Not the not the brightest bulb in the cookie jar. That, that That's a bad mixed metaphor. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have bulbs in your cookie jar. That, that's dangerous. That's not where those go. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I'm concerned for the safety of my nieces and nephews now. <laughs> all the stupid but, glass uh, candy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> oh, oh, and uh, she hugs Ellen and is like, oh, you came back. Oh, my gosh, you came back. And uh, I love Ellen's line here. He's just so he's like, uh, yes. And I see that you're a mistborn. That's rather interesting. You know, it's generally common courtesy to, to tell one's friends about things like that. And then he's like, uh, where are your clothes? <laughs> <laughs> you're hugging me without clothes. This is. <laughs> and again, she's just like, ah, everybody's so obsessed with me making sure I'm wearing normal clothing. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's actually a whole line and i won't go into the whole thing in the um in the annotations about that even where he's like yep finn's in her underwear again um and he explains like why he felt that was kind of necessary in this scene because you know they would strip her to make sure she didn't have any metal or anything because she's super dangerous with metal and he's like i thought about like them just stripping her completely and having her naked in the scene but that seemed like way too far because they did it to sazed but there's a difference between writing that happening to a grown man and writing it happening to a teenage girl. And he's yeah, like, that's I, I was not prepared to go there. That's <laughs> but uh, yeah, everyone's like, Hey, you know, you might want to put some clothes on. Say decent even comments. We skipped over it earlier. He's like, what did master Doxon tell you about running around in your undergarments? <laughs> he would scold you. It's a very, it's a very farcical moment. They're just like, you'd get scolded for not wearing clothes. Uh, why aren't you wearing clothes? Like, you know, it just keeps coming up. 
I just killed people. Why are you worried about that? <laughs> All of Ellen's lines are kind of farcical in this moment. Because he's like, your friend, one Master Dachshund, told me that you've been captured. And this fine gentleman here, Captain Gordell, I believe his name is, happens to be a palace soldier and knew the way. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> Ellen's so oblivious, he actually thinks he's in a play, is what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> a very realistic play. Method acting. <laughs> Method acting is popular in this universe. We've established that. <laughs> it's true. He's like, uh, he tells her it's not safe anywhere in the city. The Scott are rebelling, but uh, you probably already <laughs> knew that. And she sends off Sazed and Ellen to go and secure the treasury to get the Adium, which, yeah, probably smart. Uh... While she needs to go and take on uh, the Lord Ruler, which bold move. For a boss battle, suckers! I mean, we established last time that somebody, if, there has to be a confrontation with the Lord Ruler before the end of the book, right? How could there not be? Yep. But yep. At, the same, yep. at the same time, you're like, so Finn, what are you going to do? But she's like, oh no, I have a plan. She has such a great plan. Oh man, it's <laughs> it's so well thought out and good. <laughs> Well, in fairness, she's she's thinking on her feet, just like, maybe this will work? I don't know, nothing else is going to work, may as well try. I don't know, she sounds a lot more sure about it when she tells Sazed that she's leaving. Yep. So, uh, yeah. it just seems pretty foolish when, we, when you find out what it was she was going to try. Last line and of the chapter she, is, don't worry, I think I know how to kill him. Uh, but she even but, acknowledges it like, later on, just just like, uh, oh yeah, that plan, like, Marsha's plan is so much better than mine. <laughs> She's like, yeah, my plan was bad. Oh, well. <laughs> Marsha's plan was also way more metal. Like, pun, <laughs> pun, pun intended, but also, like, <laughs> you know. Like, I just imagine him do, you know, doing what he does, and then this music kicks in, and it's like... That's Final Fantasy uh, fight music, yeah, by the true. way, in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> it's uh, also very cool and metal. <laughs> But it's like it, that's like a specific fight music, isn't it? What's uh? No, that's like the normal oh, boss it? battle music. Oh, it's just the boss battle engine. I knew it wasn't like the regular fight music. It's like no. okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we get the final entry from the journal is our uh, the, not quite the final epigraph, second to last epigraph, but it's we've read it before because it was Vin got upset when this was the end of the journal. So Vin decides she's gonna take on the Lord Ruler and she's gonna come in from the outside. Because his room is completely glass, so it's not really uh, hard to get through. And then we get the viewpoint of Carr as the Lord Ruler turns over uh, the ministry, dominance of the ministry, to the Canton of Inquisition. And we find out that apparently the Inquisitors have been working for two centuries to corrupt the normal obligators just to create this moment. That's pretty hard. Oh, puppet masters, man. Puppet masters. <laughs> They've been working for t for 200 years for this, and one 16-year-old girl and one like like new recruit to their ranks fuck it all up for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right when they got it too, it's kind of sad. Yeah. At their car, at their promotion ceremony. Yeah, like immediately after the ceremony's over, and everyone else goes to take a nap. Yeah. Because apparently, being an inquisitor uh, is tiring, and you have to sleep a lot. Which I can believe know, that. Yeah. Makes sense. And he does explain how they see, because there's metal in everything, even water, and they can see everything with the blue lines that make up Alamancy. Yeah, yeah, they're daredevil except with metal. We get it. I mean, Vin already kind of theorized <laughs> that's how it worked, more or less. We saw it before, so I don't think it's terribly surprising at this point. But it's it's nice to actually see it yeah. in, like directly, rather than hear people talk about it. 
Yep, it doesn't sound super fun, especially since we find out that they all hurt, all the, all the spikes hurt all the time. That's unfortunate, I guess. Well, you know, it's like the Darth Vader thing, right? Like his the inside mm. of his suits has like spikes in it so that he's like in pain all the time and he's angry all the time. Wait, does it actually? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's how it was explained to me by a bigger Star Wars nerd than me. <laughs> oh, maybe it's true. Who knows? I don't think I've ever heard that either, but that doesn't mean it's Basically, not. like, the inside of his suit has needles in it that poke his skin all the time to put him in a constant state of, like, pain and rage. Are you sure? This sounds like something out of... There was a Marvel comic superhero, like, he was one of the ones who caused the Civil War. Like, he, originally he was Speedball, and then in Civil War he became Penance, because he, yeah, blamed, himself for the, he, he blamed himself for the explosion that killed, like, all those kids. And Yeah, like, so, I'm 100% uh, not sure. Like I said, this is hearsay. Somebody told me, so I don't know. He was responsible for the explosion. Let's let's just make that clear. Yeah, he did yeah. it. I saw the comic. I read it. He was and there. They, and yeah, he had he had the like inside of his suit was all spiky to cut him because that activated his powers. I was like, yeah, someone like, just conflate yeah. that guy with Darth Vader. Maybe they did. I don't know. Now yeah. I'm reading on the on the Star Wars wiki. It says that his it's suit all is owned by Disney now. Wear. There's a difference between uncomfortable to wear and stabbing you constantly. <laughs> that's that's a good point. It doesn't mention that in uh, in the at least the intro to the suit thing in here. So uh, maybe that's not right. But yeah. now 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 I'm really tempted to just read all the details here and find out if that's true. But that would oh, take a while, suit? So we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you get the idea, even if it's not true. You understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. got you. It's fine. Okay, sorry. Back to back to the book. Like, the Lord Ruler is like, okay, Car, you finally have what you want. Perhaps now I can have peace in this matter. So apparently they've just been bugging him for like <laughs> 200 years. Like, hey, Lord Ruler, dude, dude, can we please? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's finally like, fine, fine. Ugh, children. <laughs> and then coins start to break through the glass. Hey, free money. Yeah, with. <laughs> and a little girl comes in, like breaking through after it with her black daggers, and that it's just a super cinematic, awesome moment. Like I love, uh, I, I love how that's described here. It's another one of those great moments that you want to see made. And he mentions that, like in the annotation too. He's like, "This is really cinematic." He says it himself, so it must be true, it's right? Like, this is the only reason we got a viewpoint um, from the Inquisitor, <laughs> so we could see this moment from inside the window rather than outside. Yeah, I think actually. Hold on, I gotta look here. I mean, yeah, we get to see what the Inquisitors see. We learn how long they've been working on this for. But really, it's so we can see this badass moment. Yeah, so he, he actually says here, as I mentioned earlier, I tend to multiply viewpoints near the end of the books. Carr's viewpoint here is another one. I knew I wanted to be outside of Vin's head for this for the entrance here so I could describe it properly. Plus, this lets me show how Inquisitors see. So basically, yes, you are right. He's like, I, had to, I wanted Carr to see this so that uh, I could describe how awesome it was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he says that he thinks Vin's attempt to kill Lord Ruler was rather clever, and that he made a point of making her able to touch her past self when burning gold so that she would think this would work. But he notes that that's you can't actually touch your past self. That was like an illusion created by the gold burning. Fun fact about how Alamancy <laughs> works. Anyway, so yeah, Vin pops in and burns the 11th medal to see the alternate Lord Ruler again, and she's like, I'm going to stab that, and that'll kill him somehow. And it does not work. It's like, we couldn't see what Carr and the Lord Ruler were thinking during this moment. It's like, this girl broke through the window and just started stabbing the air. That's what I was thinking. Like, he's just like, what is she doing? 
<laughs> Maybe it's another one of those were... cave moments. Cave moments? Yeah, like when Kelsier was there and we're like, bro, who are you talking to? Uh, he's talking yeah. to the pits of Hassan. Right, right. You know, I just, Car's standing there. He's just like, what is she, what? I'm <laughs> over here. What is she doing? <laughs> and I like, she doesn't just try once. She like tries a couple of times and it is only eventually stopped when Car tackles her. <laughs> she, he's like, man, thank goodness she has really bad depth perception. <laughs> <laughs> this coming with a guy with things driven through his eyes, too. Yeah, no, that's, you know, one to talk, clearly. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, uh, another Inquisitor comes in because the Lord Ruler called for his Inquisitors. He's like, Inquisitors, come to me! And apparently, they live really close to his throne room, just down the hall or something. I don't know where he sleeps, but... Uh... Or if he sleeps, he may not have to sleep, actually. He's got his, his summer home down in the down in the bowels yeah. of the castle there. Yeah, it's but it only goes up. there every three days or something. Kelsier knew that somehow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the other Inquisitor walks up and rips a spike out of Car's, like, between his shoulder blades, and he drops. And the Lord Ruler's like, wait, what? <laughs> he is not happy. Throws his throne over backwards from standing up so fast. And this is a throne made of stone also, so that's not that's not nothing. Yeah, he knows the name of stone, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, she realizes that this guy looks kind of similar as the uh, Inquisitor runs up the stairs to try to attack the Lord Ruler. He looks kind of like Kelsier. No, not Kelsier. Marsh. So is anyone surprised? I mean, Dak theorized way back when about Marsh becoming an Inquisitor, but I don't know if we'd moved away from that, if that was like no longer a theory that people had, or I don't know. What did you think? I sort of wondered at the time, like I I thought that initially, and then we had the chapter where Kelsia died. I'm like, Oh, okay. Maybe they're going to bring Kelsia back instead. And then I just, and then Kelsia came back as, um, as the canter. I'm like, Oh, okay. Didn't really follow through on any of that. I always just had in the, I, I always knew Marsh wasn't dead. I'm just like, I'm certain he's not dead. I threw out, he would become Inquisitor. That'd be fucked up. But I don't know if I actually followed through on that. So it was it was, it, it was still gratifying. I'm still going to claim it as, yeah, yes, I called this. I totally 100% <laughs> called this. So what, what about Jamie and Joe? Were y'all surprised when Marsh showed up? Yeah, I was. I didn't think we'd see Marsh again. Mm. Yep, I was surprised up to the point where an Inquisitor pull, killed another Inquisitor. And I was like, okay, then that's Marsh gotta be (laughs) (laughs) so yes i was surprised it's kind of freaky honestly it's like because you know he's fighting for the good side but he's you know it's like finding out your brother's a vampire you know it's weird (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's a spike face now uh that's just gotta be uncomfortable for everyone Uh, it's like vin's favorite uncle is uh is a a spike face you know (laughs) yeah Yeah, kind of. But I, I loved how it's not just a case of I'm a spike face and I've got the, I've got, I'm more powerful now. It's like he gets to the end. It's like, yeah, I killed all the other Inquisitors, which means I'm the only one left in the city, which means I now control this, like the entire ministry. Yep. Ha ha! <laughs> like, oh, very <laughs> convenient. Fuck, that actually works out really well. Did you plan yeah. that? <laughs> Did you plan that? <laughs> it's true. Like they, they said, Marshall handled the ministry. He sure as hell is gonna now. Yep. Yeah. They did not know how prophetic that was going to be. In the annotations here, he says, you're probably expecting Marsh's return. At least you probably were when you read the chapter where he, quote, unquote, died. He says, I wish I could have done more with him. There was a whole other book going on with him being watched by the Inquisitors and thinking he'd earn their suspicion. 
when they were just really impressed with him and planning to make him one of them. And he explains, this is how it usually works with Inquisitors. They grab a new recruit, usually an older one, and they draft him into their ranks before one of the other cantons has a chance to corrupt him too much. So they were looking to make another Inquisitor, and Marsh happened to be the most promising recruit training in Luthadel at the time. Just imagining him running around, like he's fearing for his life, hiding in the corner. Inquisitor pokes his head in, and he's like, you'll never take me alive! It's like, no, we just want to invite you to a party, there'll be drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're gonna bathe the bros. Innocent. Yeah, it's cool, man. We're just gonna <laughs> slit some people's throats and bathe in their blood. It's 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 completely cool. <laughs> there was a lot of blood, so yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, he also notes here that during this fight, two attributes that can be stored up by ferrochemists, by the way, are healing and the ability to move very quickly. The Lord Ruler has access to both those abilities in the extreme in extreme augmented ways, which is part of what made him so powerful. So I don't know if you t- you tapped into that while you read the fight with the Lord Ruler, but that's part of what's going on there. So yeah, now that uh, it's it's like Vin and uh, Marsh against the Lord Ruler, and he just beats the crap out of them. Like it's not even really much of a fight. He's he he, he like beats Marsh down. He almost he gives him one of those slaps like he gave Kelsier that killed Kelsier, but Marsh ducks out of the way in time and. Then uh, he moves really – the Lord Ruler moves really fast and pushes the metal in Vin's stomach, which she's like, wait, what? Kelsier told me that nobody could do that. Yeah, your uh, stepdad told you a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He was wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, if Marsh wasn't an Inquisitor, I mean, he, I'm sure he would have died. Yeah, no. Yeah. Things, things didn't go well for him here. I mean, a good try with, like, trying to pull a spike out of the Lord Ruler as well. I mean, that's a fair assumption to make. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's where you're talking about. Vin's like, oh, your guess was better than mine, Marsh. Uh, I mean, it's still wrong, but uh, at least you <laughs> you had some sort of idea about something. And the Lord Ruler looks at him after he's tried this and says, what did you think, child, to defeat me? I Am, am I some common inquisitor? My powers endowed fabrications. So there's a little interesting tidbit. But, I mean, that sort of makes sense because we knew that Marsh was only a misting, not a mm-hmm. misborn, but all Inquisitors like have all the powers, so presumably yep. when they get inducted into the ranks, something to do with the spikes being jammed through them, they gain all the powers. Yeah, something to I do with I think Marsh said many people had to die. He does mention that. Many people that. had yep. to die for him to become an Inquisitor. Maybe you need one of every misting that would to get an Inquisitor. That would get messy fast, yep. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to when we get to the ep- epilogue. And he talks about how many spikes he has. We can try to add this up. But yeah, maybe. Uh, he pushes all the metal that's in her, including like he, her mother's earring rips free of her ear. She's being shoved around by the metal in her stomach. It's just ugh. And then she, she hears a sickening snap as her right leg breaks. So that's nice, too. Oh, I, I hate in movies when you get when you get the sound of someone's bones breaking. And it's not that much better hearing it described here. <laughs> Please don't break my arm. No. Do you think this is the first time someone has tried to kill me, child? I've survived burnings and beheadings, stabbed, sliced, crushed, and dismembered. I was even flayed once near the beginning. Wow. (laughs) That that did make me laugh. He's like, good times. Yeah. 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 That's like the Jack Sparrow thing. It's like impersonating a cleric of the Church of England. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he has a whole speech uh, about how he's God. 
and uh, he's destroyed entire armies on his own. He's seen this rebellion before. You can't kill him. You can't overthrow him. How many centuries must I prove myself before you idiot ska see the truth? How many of you must I kill? Nice guy. Of course, I, I assume if you've been going a thousand years and uh, the kids still won't listen when you tell them what to do, that would be frustrating. I get frustrated after I've told uh, one of the kids to like clean their room three times and they're still they still haven't even moved towards their room. I'm like, really? So uh, <laughs> maybe after a thousand years, I can see being uh, having lost your patience here. Some fool, fool me for one year. Shame like <laughs> shame on you. Fool me for a thousand years. Shame on me. Mm. And uh, he's outraged with Marsh. He's like, how dare you? I made you superior to regular men. I made you dominant. And that is what finally tips Vin off to what Jamie's been trying to tell her all along. Yeah. Uh, the Lord Ruler is really Rashek. It's that word, dominant. Yeah. It's like, hang on. <laughs> that tingles her memory from the logbook where he keeps saying that his people should be dominant. And she's like, wait a second, I know who you are. And he's not happy about that. I feel like he was probably about to kill her super dead after she starts talking shit about, uh, you know, Rashek and how he was like, you're you're not the hero. You're his servant, the Pac-Man, not Pac-Man, like, but you, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just because he realized that she must have had his diary. That's yeah. I'd be mad if somebody was reading my diary, too, you know, <laughs> but, it, but it wasn't his diary. That was the point. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Well, yeah. it's his now because he took it. Right. You read the diary I stole! Possession is nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and in the in the uh, annotations, Brandon says that his favorite secret in the novel is the fact that the Lord Ruler is actually Rashek. I'm not sure if the revelation will mean as much to the readers as I want it to. It depends on how they read and how much they care about the story that happened in the past. Apparently, and this boggles my mind as someone who loves to read, it's very common for people to read the book and ignore the epigraphs at the beginning of each chapter, assuming that they're not really important. That's weird. Wait, what? Yeah, I don't know how you could do that. And so you kind of miss this whole other story that happens. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I can see, see why people who didn't read the epigraphs would be confused at this ending. It's like, yeah, because you didn't read the context that you were meant to. Well, I, I think, and it's probably intentional, because we get a few sections of the logbook in the text as Vin reads it, or as Kelsier reads it, and I think it's enough that the ending still like you still understand who Rashek was, even if you haven't read the bumps. And that's probably intentional for those people who don't read that kind of thing. But I was just like amazed. Like, how could you not? And uh, he says that he started the concept of the book. And we've talked about this before, where his idea was like, what if the Dark Lord won or what if the hero became the Dark Lord? But what he eventually decided the twist would be was instead of what if Frodo kept the ring? What if Sam killed Frodo? took the ring and then became the dark lord which yeah that'd be a different kind of book than uh, lord of the rings how that ended but uh yep mm -hmm. and wow. he says he, he says his favorite kind of twists are this nature things that the reader has been familiar with maybe hasn't quite understood the whole book but that you could have figured out much earlier if you'd been really paying attention to the right clues like someone in the room was doing <laughs> yeah vin, vin finally picked up that phone because jamie called it <laughs> <laughs> and so she realizes that his power must have something to do with the fact that he is a ferru chemist. And she puts together that the bracelets that he's wearing on his upper arm that pierce his skin, maybe that's so they couldn't be affected by allomancy. Even though 
when she tries to push on the other bracelets on his arm, it's she she's like, oh, that was stupid. Why? Would, <laughs> of course, he doesn't fear wearing metal. Somebody would have to be an idiot to like use the metal on him as a anchor for Alamancy like I just did. <laughs> But yeah, she's kind of she's figured out not exactly what is happening, but she's got enough of an idea that she thinks she knows what to do here. And this is the part that I suspect people might be less satisfied with, where she's trying real hard to she's like, he can push metal inside of people. I'm more powerful than normal people. I can do the same kind of stuff he does. Maybe I can push metal inside of people. And she tries real hard and can't quite do it. Until the line, she drew upon the mists. And then she can do it. And she rips the bracelets free. And uh, he, the Lord Ruler, panics and like jumps for him. And she shoves him out the window. So things have taken a turn. I don't know. So that's that's pretty much the whole fight. And I, I hit a bunch of random details. Because there's lots of interesting stuff that happens in this fight. At least I think so. I think it's a pretty cool fight in how like hopeless it is for them most of the way through. But what did you guys think of this big final confrontation? I'm glad that we had a confrontation of sorts. I... Wasn't sure how it was going to go. I am stoked that I was right. Um, <laughs> and the the <laughs> the, the Ferrochemi sort of angle worked out. We knew Vin was powerful. I didn't question the fact that she was able to do it, uh, to, to remove the bracelets. Um, okay. I thought I thought it tied I, I thought it tied it up nicely, but I guess now in reflection as well. It's sort of like we already knew she was powerful, but she's now gone and done something that, you know, we we know shouldn't be able to happen. So mm. I think we were already thinking along those lines that she could do things that other people couldn't anyway. I mean, she was able to pierce the copper cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I wasn't shocked that she was able to do it. I think it just it all just happened really quickly that she's like, oh, I'll just draw on the mists. And, and all of a sudden I've got that power. And it's like, well, why can't everyone draw on the mist? <laughs> so I guess there are questions there. But I think ultimately I was fairly happy with how that that panned out. And it, it tied up some some ends for us. It's like he could do the Lord Ruler could do both. You know, he was allomantic. He could do ferrochemy. Mm. It, it made sense to me that that's how it kind of went together. I have to say, I think I felt the exact same way the first time I read it, where I was just like, no, I didn't even question, you know, how could she do that? I'm just like, yeah, I buy it. It makes total sense to me. But uh, Dak and Joe were both talking about how they, they were dissatisfied with how some of the stuff went at the end. And that was my suspicion was that this might be part of it. Um, No, I didn't have a problem with uh, how the Lord Ruler went down. I thought, I mean, yeah, like technically it's something we haven't really seen before, but there's been enough hints that this shouldn't be possible. But other things that weren't possible... Uh, to do with Alamancy have already happened in the book. So it wasn't too mm. much of a stretch that this was also possible. I think it did happen a bit quick, like Jamie was saying, but in terms of how it actually went down, I no, I don't really have I don't really have a problem with how like how the Lord Ruler got okay. defeated. I did I did think as soon as it did happen though, I'm just like, oh, they're gonna do that thing where he gets like the source of his power is gone, so he's gonna get super, super, super old like really quickly <laughs> and just like crump he like Indiana Jones is his way to the floor as he gets older, you know, he's drink drank from the wrong grail. And that's basically what happened, except he didn't die straight away. Um yep, it's so I thought, very oh, okay. Similar. Yeah, okay, that's that's what happens. But I I thought, you know what, I can see that. That makes that makes total sense, so I don't have a problem with it. Okay. What about Joe? What do you what do you got here uh, for the final confrontation? I feel the I feel the same way. Was the final confrontation interesting to me? A little bit. It wasn't super, super exciting for me once 
Ben gets thrown to the floor and and then has to think about the bracelets and everything. Uh, it, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she did that. Like you know, it was it was kind of all okay. Well, they're having a confrontation. Me as the reader, I know one of two things is going to happen. Either somehow our heroes are going to get away, or somehow they're going to miraculously win. And so when I can when I can predict the outcome like that, it doesn't strike me as super interesting or exciting. And then, yeah, the whole I, I thought the exact same thing as Dax said, the whole Indiana Jones thing when he was getting old super fast, which I don't have a problem with. But again, I was just kind of like, OK, well, we've seen that trope before. And then also uh, what Jamie and Dak both said, it's very abrupt, um, mm-hmm. which there have been a lot of abrupt things in this book. But I feel like I feel like it's so abrupt. And then the epilogue doesn't satisfy it doesn't satisfy the abrupt the abruptness of the end of the book. So that's and when we get in the epilogue, we'll talk about that. But that's okay. kind of my main issue, my main disappointment with the book. OK. So here, here, here was me thinking that it was about all the weird allomancy stuff that happens, but it's not quite okay. Uh, he, in the annotations, he says that he worries that it looks too much like he's breaking his own rules in this chapter. But um, it, it, he actually has. There's paragraphs and paragraphs about uh, how allomancy and ferrochemy and stuff is more complicated than people know, and it can have weird interactions. Just like he says, like two chemicals getting mixed together can have unexpected interactions or two computer programs running on at the same time can have unexpected interactions. And he ends with basically saying one of the unwritten laws of allomancy is that people do not understand it as well as everyone seems to think they do. And as, uh, as the books progress, you start to get a better handle on that. But anyway, yeah. Well, I mean, friendship is magic. I mean, what do you want? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, let's see. Sace shows back up with a simple uh, wooden spear that he was apparently going to help her take on the Lord Ruler with. I, I mean, you know, he didn't think that through that well either, but you got to admit, Sace is just like a ride-or-die homie here. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to go and help Vin out regardless of how uh, I'm clearly going to die from this. He's like, sure, because I was just like, I got a stick. <laughs> well, dude, a, a, a for effort, buddy. At least you, know, you were here to help. Like Vin is even just think she's like, what did he really think that he was gonna do something with the stick? Yeah. Uh, it's 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 more just uh he t- like he said earlier he takes very seriously his orders from Kelsey to protect Vin so it's kind of like I'm gonna bring a, a spear and I'm probably gonna die but if she survives then whatever job done. Yeah, and he obviously cares for Vin a great deal. Yeah, and uh, the the other father figure. Yeah, he kind of is. <laughs> It's, even though he's like her servant, quote unquote, he's really. Well, I mean, that's that's the Alfred thing we've been talking about a few times. Alfred to Batman, father figure slash servant. Yeah, and he's. I mean, while Kelsey taught her lots of stuff, uh, Sazed is really the one who's kind of been there for her and teaching her how to think about stuff. I guess is the way that it feels to me. And when Sazed is in trouble, is when she understands like this is what Kelsey meant when he said I had stuff to learn about friendship. Like I can't leave Sazed behind. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, yeah, the Lord Ruler, it turns out he's not quite dead. I'm, I'm, he's just mostly dead. And uh, they get to have a big speech to his face. Like, Sage is like, yeah, listen, he who would have been our god. They're cheering out there. They never cheered for you. And uh, Marsh gets to be like, your obligators will forget you. They watch you hand over 
power to the can of Inquisition, and I'm the only one left in Luthadel now. I rule your church. Like, they're just really rubbing it in before <laughs> they kill the guy, which is kind of bad form, I feel like, but not that he didn't. I don't, I don't know. This, guy's, this guy has been like a despotic god for a thousand years. I felt like he could take a little bit of salt in the wound at this point. That's that's fair. And uh, what did you think of his final bit where he says, you don't understand, you don't know what I do for mankind, I was your god, even if you couldn't see it. By killing me, you have doomed yourselves. It's like, well, you know what, if that was true, why did you never make that any part of your god teaching? <laughs> That's an interesting point. It's it's like, yes, I am the savior of of the world. I'm like, cool. How? Like... See, I think this this is one of those really obvious sequel hooks for the next book. I was like, obviously this is going to come into play uh, mm-hmm. later. So, and and that's fair enough. But it just, yeah, it's like Rashek, dude. If you really want to be worshipped as a god, like it seems like a golden opportunity to tell people what you did to save the world and what you're continuing to do every day to save the world by not bringing it up. Of course, people are going to like not believe you when you say this or just go, I oh, wonder what that was all about. <laughs> They stab him, and then they're like, huh, I wonder what that was all about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is, like, the the part where it starts to become dissatisfying for me. It's like the last words of your major confrontation in this first book are about how there's something else that he was protecting them from, basically. I.e., in my head, the deepness, probably. Um, yeah, that's what I thought. So, mm-hmm. so now I have what we're calling a complete story, except obviously I'm not getting the whole picture. Like it's not, we're not wrapping it up here. We're saying, Hey, look, there's going to be another adventure. Something's going to yeah. happen. So yeah. I, I know, get it's, that. It's kind I, of dissatisfying in that way. I feel like at the same time, if you were only going to read this one book, then it's like, well, he's, he's full of shit. And then you put it aside. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't dislike the fact that they brought this up. It's just the fact that it, it's just kind of a... There's, there hasn't been much in the way of foreshadowing, like, in terms of how this comes out. It's like, all of a sudden, he just goes, No, I've been doing this for you, you idiots! And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Well, it's like, we, we've, we've all kind of assumed that, like, the deepness is still going to play a factor or something like that. We know there are future books and everything, so we know, like, stuff will pan out. It's just, yeah, it just sort of... All of a sudden, he's just like, No, this had to happen! And, like, uh, I feel like we could have... I just feel like maybe there should have been a bit more foreshadowing throughout. It's like there was something else behind this, so it didn't feel like kind of a... Bl- just, it just felt like a blatant sequel hook rather than, like, one hmm. that paid off in any way, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't... He, this guy's got no reason to lie at this point. They're going to kill him. He's about to die. So there's no reason for him to be like, you don't understand, I was protecting you to try to get them to save him in some way. Like, that's the, he knows that's not happening. Mm, that's a fair point. I feel like if you think that his statement has something to do with the deepness, then that's something that they foreshadowed quite a bit, because we've talked over and over about how they keep saying the Lord Ruler defeated the deepness, but we don't know what that is or what that entailed. And yeah, I guess. we don't know Probably what happened. Poor choice of words on my part. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah. I don't know. Like, everyone say he defeated the deepness, but there hasn't been any uh, mm. foreshadowing, I guess, foreshadowing, I guess, that he's been continuing to do so, if that yeah. makes sense. It's true. I mean, you guys have yeah. theorized for a while that the deepness is still out there somehow, maybe even controlling the Lord Ruler this whole time, and that he never actually defeated it. So there was something that at least led you to that much, that, hey, maybe the deepness is still going on, but yeah. it 
definitely, I, 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 I don't disagree with you that it's kind of, uh, there's nothing saying the Lord Ruler was actively doing anything to help people other than, you know, keeping this giant empire together. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this just, and we'll get into it, because we'll, we're about to talk about the epilogue, but like, when the Lord Ruler dies, the ash doesn't clear from the sky, the sun doesn't turn yellow, like, mm-hmm. obviously, there's still something that's harming this world, and I'm just going to say the deepness, because I don't know what else it could be at this point. Mm-hmm. There's obviously something that's still harming this, this world, so, you know, maybe he was holding it back. Maybe if he hadn't been what, doing whatever it was he was doing, there would be volcanoes blasting out of the earth and destroying everybody. I don't know yeah, yet. Volcanoes. Yeah. Well, you know, ash. I mean, that, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just the, the rolling point, with the, the ash. The ash, ash mounts uh, are exploding, and that's why the sky, the sun is red, and the sky right. is full of crap. Like, yeah, the, yeah I, I know volcanoes is a joke we've been going on, but there's a reason for it. Right. Mm. Yeah. So, so obviously he wasn't the one creating the terrible conditions of their world. Something, so it's there's something else that's behind it. Okay. Maybe he was the child with his finger in the dike. You know, I don't know. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into the epilogue then. Although, actually, I say that there's a there's one note here that I like from the uh, annotations where he says, "And the Lord Ruler dies in the same way Kelsier did, with a spear in the chest while he's laying on the ground defeated." So there's some intentional uh, duality there. Yeah, and, and, he, and he got the he is hope line, which was just badass. Yep, he is hope, and she stabs yeah. him through the chest, and that one last glorious little fuck you. <laughs> There, yep, yeah, they're, uh, they want to make sure he knows before he goes that uh, everything he worked for and uh, cared about is gone. Screw you, Lord Ruler, we really hate you. Uh, and then we get the epigraph for the epilogue, which uh, he makes a note in the uh, annotations, actually, that most of the ones that we've read so far have been more or less chronological as Vin has read them from the logbook. So they've been chronologically placed more or less in the book in the same order Vin read them in. Uh, this one is not, which is obvious because the last one we read, we know was the end of the log book, but he also says that he wrote all of them at once and then cut them apart to put at the beginning of the chapters, which I thought was kind of interesting. Huh. But anyway, so uh, it's, this one is kind of a very reflective uh, while at the same time ending on a hook for like, hey, maybe something's going to happen later, because he's just thinking about his mission and looking out at the snow and stuff, and he says, if there are prophecies, if there is a hero of ages, then something is directing my path, something is watching, something cares. These peaceful whispers tell me a truth I wish very much to believe. If I fail, another shall come to finish my work. It's like, oh, so there's also a benevolent force opposing the deepness. The shallowness, possibly. (laughs) (laughs) Do so you, you think they're that based on what he's saying? There's a benevolent force that was directing him to where he needed to go. I mean, right. possibly. Mm. Pro- probably not the thing that stabbed his buddy. But uh... <laughs> and so we're in the epilogue, and we get the explanation. Uh, Says tries to explain how the Lord Ruler did the stuff that he did. He was a ferrochemist and an allomancer. Does this explanation make sense to y'all? I think I bought it the first time through without questioning, but as I've learned more about it, and I go back and read, it, I'm like. Uh, it doesn't all feel there to me. I don't know. What, what did you guys yeah, think for the first time? It feels vague, but but we also have to remember, Says probably doesn't fully understand what he's saying either. Right. 
So he's probably explaining it the best way that he knows how, but in all actuality, there are pieces or details of it that he really doesn't get. Mm. I mean, as far as we know, the Lord Ruler is the only known Pharaoh chemist and Alamancer because mm-hmm. he was a terraceman who then, you know, got, was given, took the power of Alamancy, however he received it. And so, you know, he's had all this time to experiment with it. Obviously, he figured out how to use it in such a way. But, I mean, it kind of made sense to me. If I understood it correctly, it's basically like he is able to use the metals um, to burn the metals. But because he's burning them, he can create uh, storage for this power much more quickly because he's able to store it when he burns it. So that allows him to store large quantities and then burn them again and store large quantities and burn them and burn the storage and store large quantities, which basically allows him to use the same metal over and over and over and over again. I mean, that's the way I understood it. Well, I mean, when he when he burns a metal, he's using that up, but it, the energy is getting reused by being placed into new metal at that right. point. Yeah. Uh, and fun fact that uh, he notes in the annotations because i don't think it comes up in the book but uh it's not really a spoiler uh age is stored using adium so uh oh that makes sense little little side note which actually when you think about how adium like shows you the future it almost makes sense that ferrochemy it does something like time related where you get older or younger or whatever but uh yeah, I mean, Jamie, Dak, did you guys have an, a, any issues or confusion over the explanation of how uh, he stayed young for a thousand years? No, I think it made sense to me with what he was saying. We spoke earlier about, you know, there being unintended consequences when, you, when you're putting things together. And it, I, yeah, I totally bought that it was something that he was able to do because he was able to do both hmm. um, forms of, of magic. So, yeah, yeah, it made sense. I would really love to just sit down and read this book in one go. Mm-hmm. You know, now that we've read sort of chapter by chapter by chapter, because I'm sure there's going to be things that'll pop up and go, oh wait, that doesn't make sense. Or you think about things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the way that we've been reading it, yeah, I I totally bought it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't have any issue with any of this. It was like, all right, you you cross you cross the two abilities over. It can do this. Sure, why not? And like Joe said, <laughs> it's like. Like like Joe said, it was like this is says speculating on how it works. It may not be right. exact, but it's but it's close enough to like yeah. I, look, I can like this sort of makes sense. And if there are any holes in it, probably just because it is just it is just a guess. The only person who knew exactly how it worked, they just put a spear through his heart. So yep, yep, that's the thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and we may go on and read these other books and figure out that a lot of stuff in the first books doesn't exactly sound right by comparison with what we find out but i mean i feel like that's just the nature of being an author and not having a completely etched out vision i'll take i'll take the harry potter series for example in the very first book weird stuff happens where like they snap their fingers and magic happens or they just stare at somebody and chant an incantation and magic happens and in none of the other books does stuff like that happen so You know, it's it. We're in the first book. It's very possible that he just didn't have this magic fully etched out on stone when he started writing some of these different things. He says there's simple rules like you can't push on metal inside of somebody's body, and it's much easier to tell someone that than it is to say, well, people's body interfere with 
allomancy, making it much harder to affect metals inside of them. So hard, in fact, that only some people you'll never meet can push on metals inside of other people's bodies. So it's way more complicated, and there's no reason to get overly complicated 99.9% of the time. And so that's kind of one of the reasons that it doesn't always seem to make sense. But anyway... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like the it's any high level of science. Like you start talking about stuff like Dyson spheres or black holes. It's like we're just theorizing here. We don't really know how these things work. And, and when you talk about those things, mm-hmm. they don't make a whole lot of sense mm-hmm. uh, to to the layman because they're so much involved with understanding the physics or the science behind how, how one of those things work that it's just like it's not worth sitting and explaining to some random person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we also establish here. They theorize that this is the explanation for why the Lord Ruler hunted and killed ferrochemists was because if they mixed with someone who had allomancy, they might produce a child who had both, and that child could do the same stuff the Lord Ruler did and would be able to, like, challenge the Lord Ruler, basically. So he started the breeding programs and tortured his own people for centuries so he could stay in power. Yeah, and so, you know, maybe we're maybe I'm wrong about Vin. Maybe she's not the daughter of the Lord Ruler, but maybe she is maybe her dad is an Alamancer and her mother was a terrorist. Oh, so maybe she has some sort of ferrochemy ability too? Yeah, I mean if she was able to eat sazed metal and feel it as if it was some other ferrochemists the way that ferrochemists do. Mm. I mean, she cannot be the first Alamancer that has come across a terrorist and is like, here, let me, let me swallow some of your metal. Let me see how this works. Yeah. So I, I mean, I very doubt, I very much doubt that with all these noblemen, I'm sure one of them has at least tried it with one of their terrorist servants. So, and say, even says at the time, he's like, I'm sure somebody has tried this before. I just don't have my copper mines to look it up. But I've always assumed at this point that the Lord ruler would not have had kids for the same reason that he was hunting the ferrochemists so much. Yeah. He didn't want them to challenge him. Mm. which isn't that always the way it's always your kid who uh overthrows you uh, so are you saying vin is his daughter I don't no know no that's but he, he read the evil overlord list about like you know <laughs> don't have a kid that can overthrow you mm. that meant he wasn't really a god right he was just lucky anyone born in halomancer and a fair chemist could have done it i like vin is still like so he wasn't a god okay <laughs> okay and uh we find out that there was no adium in the uh, treasury, which is bad. They were kind of depending on that adium. Yeah. Uh, and this is where it all starts to turn to like, for me, I'm just like, what? Uh, are you serious? So <laughs> That's how anyway. they all feel too, I'm sure. Like Breeze this whole time, it's been like, I really, I was hoping we were going to get rich off this. Yeah. And finally it works, mm-hmm. and I bet Breeze is doing that same thing. Like, man, really? Really? Like, we we overthrew everything, and I still don't get any money? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Straff had access to the vault to put Adium in it, but the only thing I could think of is the Lord Ruler didn't know about it. Straff, like, went in there, raided the vault, and left town. Straff robbed the place blind. Yeah. That would have been a bold move. That. Yeah, but I mean, if he's got, if he's the guy who's the Adium game in town, you know, it stands to reason that he might have access to the vault. No, and that he might have done that to set up Elend. Yeah, it's true. I feel like he was already going to be in trouble when the Lord Ruler found out what happened at the pits. If he really didn't think Lord Ruler was going to fall in this revolution, then that would be like 
the ballsiest move ever because now uh, they're I, really going to be pissed. Well, Straff's a smart guy, though. I mean, in his mind, he might be think he might be thinking along the same lines as the as Kelsier's crew. It's like once the Adium's gone, he can't pay his soldiers to come and hunt me down. I've got it all, and yeah, you know, can I can, I can, to... or he can raise his own army. He can do whatever he wants with the Adium. Yep. He literally has all the Adium in, like, you know, the kingdom or whatever. He's got it all now. Interesting thought. Okay. Vin is uh, concerned that Sazed is going to keep a record of what happened, and uh, people are going to hear about her. I guess she didn't think anyone was going to mention that she killed the king, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's like, know, she didn't think killing God was going to be on the front page of the news <laughs> or anything. <laughs> uh, they theorize that maybe Alamancy was the power that he got at the Well of Ascension which we don't know much about what happened at the Well of Ascension, except that uh, the guy in the logbook said that he had to give up whatever the power was because he'd seen what would happen if he didn't. Yeah. Uh, Marsh has 11 spikes, and they throb all the time. The pain reacts to my emotions somehow. So, okay, if he has 11, and we know there are 8, 9, 10, there, there were 10 medals that everyone knew about, and mm. then there's one that connects the top spikes with the bottom spikes. That's the one that he pulls out to kill the inquisitors so i guess yeah that would be like one of each missing plus the connection spike mm-hmm. yeah i guess that makes sense uh and, like he says that he was gonna get in contact with everybody and let them know that he survived and kelsey you're just moved quicker like it's it's like a day or two since he died <laughs> yeah you're taking over the final How's how's that meeting going to go down if they hadn't made the move? He just sends a message like, hey, guys, <laughs> don't freak out. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Remember how I told you I was going to infiltrate the ministry? <laughs> well, you think I did? Yeah, it's a whole thing. I had to go deep undercover, like super deep. And, you know, now I've got little some points coming out of the back of my head, you know? <laughs> They also went deep. I have to ask, did you guys imagine this whole time we've been talking about spike faces that they had more than the two spikes? No idea. No clue. Yeah, I also did not know. Okay. Just curious. I was uh, Most of the art that I see out there shows them having, like, uh, you know, the two spikes in the face, but then, like, spikes in the arms and stuff. I was like, I don't think they mentioned having spikes in the arms, but well, no, whatever. He says, he says he had, like, the other eight are in the chest. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so they just want more aesthetically weird stuff to draw. I'm sure. Are yeah. they are they are they getting them conflated with the Lord Ruler who did have stuff through his arms? He did have have uh, his metal mines piercing his arms. That's true. Maybe. Yeah. There were several corpses at the uh, soothing station back then. The process to create a new Inquisitor is dot 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 messy. I'd rather not speak about it. And Sazed is just like, oh okay. See, Sazed, his job is to collect information, but at the same time, he has like. He's a he's a servant and has been trained. To <laughs> he's be real chill servant. about it. <laughs> so he's just like when someone's like, I don't want to talk about it. He's like, oh, yes, no, I'm, I'm I didn't mean to be impolite. I'll uh, I'll let you keep the secret <laughs> of the several corpses to yourself without prying too much. Fine. It's like uh, you'll I, I, I want to hear the story eventually, but uh, I understand. We get a little more about the Conjure relatives of Mistrace or perhaps the same creature, just older. And uh, he asked the same question about why couldn't the Conjure impersonate Kelsier and die in his stead. So you guys weren't the only ones thinking that sort of thing. <laughs> but uh, they must devour that person's flesh and absorb their bones to impersonate them. And now the Conjure wants to work for Vin. 
And Vin is like, ew, gross, no. <laughs> and we find out that the Conjar are expensive servants that must be paid in Adium. Which does go all the way back to the beginning of the book where Kelsier says he spent the last of his Adium buying uh, Orsur's contract. So, yeah. I, I get the feeling this is another sequel hook. I was like, well, this character is clearly going to play an important part in the you next th- book. You think Vin would be willing to keep him around after what she just said? I don't think uh, Vin's compliance will be a factor. I think it will just kind of follow her around. It's like, hey, I'm here to help. And she's yeah. like, fuck off. And he's like, but I'm here to help. <laughs> <laughs> following her around like a puppy yeah it's a very creature the house elf thing it's just like mm. no i don't i don't want him to be my servant well he's kind of i mean he's pretty useful we we need to keep him under like scrutiny yeah. uh, i guess <laughs> it's like well if if you don't want him you can be the one to get rid of him i don't want to go near him well then he's gonna stay <laughs> <laughs> you've got to clean up after him and <laughs> Feed him. You gotta give him bones. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Elland is king, and Marsh is uh, participating in the negotiations as the representative of the ministry. Whoa, 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 whoa! Like, you can't just skate by Elland is king, okay? (laughs) That's not. That's not okay. Not okay. Well, I was gonna get that. In a minute I did not consent to, to this when we got to the part about uh, about his speech that Says was talking about. Well, go go ahead then. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, no, you're gonna get an opportunity to bag on Ellen. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, Marsh is gonna represent the ministry, and uh, Vin is like, I don't feel like they should get a say anyway. But they talk about how they don't know how many inquisitors there are exactly like people said 20, but he was never able to pin anyone down to a hard number. And now all the other ones are dead. The ones in town anyway. So there's no one left to ask. Uh, they talk about the deepness a little bit and says, is like, yeah, I don't know what the deepness was. Uh, nobody really knows. I mean, the Lord of Ruler could have told us, but uh, he's dead now. So <laughs> yeah. maybe we should have killed him straight away. It's like he, he was literally just like a blob on the floor struggling to move. <laughs> we probably could have kept him around. <laughs> Yeah, Ask him a few questions. I mean, I get that the aging thing is like a trope that we've seen before, but at the same time, it's like, well, the explanation of how the magic works is he was constantly draining age from these bracelets oh, to stay young. It, so it 100% makes sense in context. Yeah. I'm not having a go at that. It's more just the fact that, oh, okay, that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, yeah, they discovered there was no adium in the treasury. They came out. The rebels were slaughtering soldiers, not even letting them surrender. Just stabby stabby and ellen got up and gave like the greatest speech of all time uh, says didn't have his metal mind so he couldn't memorize it or anything but it was so great that they made him king and uh, uh before we get into that there's a, a thing in the uh, in the annotations here where he says yes ellen is chosen as king i wondered if this would be seen as a stretch or not which is one of the reasons i didn't put the scene in i think it's easier to believe if i simply explain that it happened rather than trying to make it work in the narrative the problem is that after the big climax with Vin and the lord ruler i think anything involving ellen's actual speech would have been a distraction so so i leave it at this it's a foreboding ending i know ellen is king but honestly none of these people have ever done anything like this before the crew has no experience with government and ellen has very little so this, then this is set up for the next book where I wanted to ask some very tough questions. It seems to me that overthrowing the Empire would actually be easier than trying to make it run smoothly. And then a little bit later he says, overthrowing the Lord Ruler was tough, but it was still the easy part of this trilogy. Things get hard from here on out. Damn. So, yeah, that's interesting. 
so yes. We were listening to an earlier episode last night, and at one point, El- Ellen was doing something. I think it's when he's just learned that Vin is a uh, scar and he's really happy about it. And I made some stupid joke. Was like, he will be the ambassador between his peaceful and between their people, <laughs> and things will be peaceful. And I was listening to that now that we've read the end of the book. I'm just like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Ellen, Ellen is king because of his amazing speech. What do you guys? Uh, think? I mean, uh, I'm not trying to be a naysayer, but what the serious fuck? I mean, come on, <laughs> this guy, this guy. I mean, he's he's two brain cells away from being uh, a ska, and I mean that like in Ouch. the good way. That's that's. I I don't know this guy. <sighs> this guy. I feel like he could have been an ambassador, you know, for the people without being king. Yeah. Why did he need to be the king? That was just like, oh, mm-hmm. you're, you're heir to a powerful house. Oh, wait, you know what? King. That's where we need you. I, yeah. just, I feel like that was a bit of a stretch. Not the fact that he sort of had Reckless brought the people style. together. But based on one speech, they made him king. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Plus, he's it's, known around like the nobility as being a bit of a twit. Mm. He and he himself like admitted at one point, "I'm not very good at this." So I was like, "Uh, one speech undoes all that, does it?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, you know, he got up in his speech. And he's like, "I'm not very good with people, but I think <laughs> that maybe, just maybe, we can make this work." And I mean. You guys, you got to believe when dad finds out about this, when Straff <laughs> finds out that his son is the king of the final empire, he's coming back. He's bringing an army and he's going to take that little punk down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, so he the only things we actually know about the speech were that Sayes was really impressed by it. He says his dreams of a new government, his condemnation of bloodshed and chaos – and then he says that he thinks it's a good thing that a nobleman became king because it will give them uh, some support from the nobility and the merchants as they move into this new empire. But also, he's a good man. So what? That None, none of that counts for anything? I, I totally understand. It's like, yeah, having a nobi- uh, nobleman become king you know, appeases the nobility, but it's someone who believes in the plight of the scar and is, and is more fair towards them. I understand all that going yeah. a long way. I just... Was, uh, yeah, I'm still not sure. Was like, Ellen really the best call for that? <laughs> it's like he could have been an advisor to the new king. That, that, I feel like that would have been fine. But maybe someone with a bit more political, you know, yeah. know-how yeah. would be the would be the better call. Maybe I mean, this I is guess what it, the Lord it, Ruler was protecting everyone from. Maybe, <laughs> from Ellen. Maybe it was Ellen's stupidity. You don't want to see what happens when Ellen is in charge. Yeah. Let me... He's like, you guys have no idea. I mean, I guess they picked. The, I guess a total they, twit. I guess they picked the right guy because he obviously. We already know he doesn't care about money, so the fact that all the adium's gone, he's just like, ah, oh, whatever. It's money. We can always make more money. <laughs> he's he's gonna found cryptocurrency instead. <laughs> Ellen Ellen bucks or uh, yeah. Ellen. He's gonna invest in Tesla. <laughs> Lcoin. Of course, there's something else that you're, you're not considering that you know Elland has the backing of a powerful Mistborn for his new government and the person who killed the Lord Ruler, which you know that's not nothing. 
Oh, so are we are we ruling with fear now? Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I will for the last guy. Yeah, that worked out real great for him. For a thousand well, years. For a thousand years. He, was, he was there for a thousand years. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can't ask for much more than a thousand yeah. years. How many kings do you know that have been around for a thousand years? That's a good point. Yep. Okay, touche. All right. Fear, fear it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, okay. And uh, the, the, the book ends with her going and trying to convince herself that she's good enough to be with Ellen. And uh, she gets her a great final line of she pops in there and is like, I've been meaning to tell you something. You read too much, especially in the presence of ladies. Which, come on, that, that's a great uh, a great message to go out on. Screw your thick books. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had a thick books callback in a couple episodes. That's good. Good. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, I stole Joe's thing. <laughs> no, no, okay. it's he everybody's thing. And... Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we are collaborators on this show. <laughs> Nothing is mine. So that that's the end of the book. Uh Ellen's studying, and Vin decides she wants to be with him, and overcomes her personal issues about people betraying or leaving her. Uh, I don't know about that one. You don't think so? Nah, I bet you that it'll still come up. But yeah, what, uh... So, mostly satisfied? I I mean, we we talked about it at the beginning, but Jamie felt like she was mostly satisfied. You guys had some dissatisfaction with the ending here. Uh, Any any other stuff you want to touch on before we reach the end of the episode? The, the ending as a whole, I, I found satisfying. It was just a couple of the sequel hooks I thought were a little bit just you know, kind of thrown in there. It's like, oh, here's your, here's your uh, you know, foreshadowing for the sequel, blah, blah, blah. Now, okay, so one thing that I want to ask, because uh, it was one of those hooks that you were talking about. So he mentions in the annotations that uh, the lack of the Adium being there is an important plot point for the next book. Would it have seemed less uh like obtrusive if they didn't mention the adium at all here and then when you get to the next book it's like oh by the way we didn't find any adium or would that have seemed like come out of nowhere at that point i think yeah i think if you didn't mention it here in some way it would just seem a bit out of nowhere because like they made a point in these last couple chapters saying go take the treasury and then open the next book Mm -hmm. like oh shit the treasury was empty oh sorry guys like i feel like that'd be a bit that 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 would be a total cop out. Like it's, I think it's good yeah. to include it here. I just feel like it was worded a bit, bit. Ah oh, shit, guys, what happened? <laughs> okay, where's the money? <laughs> um, where's the money, Lebowski? <laughs> we come back tomorrow. We cut off your Johnson. <laughs> uh, anyway, I uh, I you know the ending is okay. It's you know it's good. It's too abrupt for me. It was very like action film esque climax, like the the bad guys grandstanding, being like, well, "Who do you think I am? You can't kill me!" Ha ha ha! Oh, I'm dead. You know, <laughs> it's it's a little, you know, it's like it's like Chopper cuts off his head, uh, you know, smashed against the wall by a car ending. It's just really abrupt. So for that reason, it was a little unsatisfying for me. And then there's just so much in the epilogue where I'm just like, what? Are you serious? There's no Adium, which, okay, cool. That can set up for the next book. That's, you know, that's, that makes sense. And, you know, it gave me the idea that maybe Straff took it, which I think would be a really cool development. Mm-hmm. And, but, um, yeah, Straff is definitely going to play a 
big part next oh, time. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, he, I mean, his son's the king now. Right. I mean, it's not like he's going to be like, oh, my son's the king. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't you know, sound like Straff. No. That does not sound we, we, like this guy. So we, we talked about Rain being the um like the the the, the you know the relative who comes like it's like oh hey heard you was all powerful now and it's like no no actually Straff's gonna be that guy. <laughs> oh, so no, see I think it's gonna be the opposite. He's gonna come up yeah. there and be like I'm gonna take this away from you, boy. Uh, and uh, Ellen is king. I mean. I'm trying to think of a worse person. Maybe, maybe, maybe Spook would have been worse because nobody could understand what he's even saying, and maybe that's why his speech would have been so good. Because people are like, "Did you understand anything he said?" No, he must be good. All right, let's make him the king. That's, that know. sounded so profound. It's like he was actually yeah. just trying to tell people he was really hungry. Yeah, he's like, "Can anybody give me some tin, please? I'm really tired." You know, I. I I don't know. I I'm willing to give this next book a go, but oh boy, that epilogue. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Let's. Uh, we won't get too much into uh, predicaments, but let's do a little bit. Uh, just kind of general. What do you think the next book would be about? I mean, it's called the Well of Ascension, so mm-hmm. something is going to spur Vin to go there, and like I think she. If I had to guess, I'd say she's probably going to try and learn more about the original prophecy. Um, I'd say yeah, the real threat of whatever we presume is the deepness uh, is going to flare up again now the Lord rules out of the picture and Vin's going to Vin's journey is going to have to be find out what the prophecy was, how it related to the original hero, and then work out you know what do I need to do to to make to make it happen properly this time without an evil Pacman trying to take it over. <laughs> yeah, no Pacman, Vin. Don't take any of those along with you. <laughs> There's actually. I'm sorry. I'm going to pause you for a second because I want to get one more thing. I want to get your, your random theory about one more thing, but let me find the place where it talks about it in, uh, in the annotations. Cause, uh, we're in, in the part of the, uh, annotations where he talks about how he wrote all the epigraphs in one big lump. He says, I did the same thing for book two, actually, where there's a different kind of puzzle going on in the narratives. So that's maybe a little bit of a spoiler that there will also be epigraphs in book two, but I, I think it's worthwhile because I'm curious what kind of epigraph do you think that we would get in in, in uh, the sequel book? My immediate thought is the prophecy of the hero of ages, but if it's got as many chapters and therefore as many epigraphs as this book, that's going to be one long ass prophecy. Mm, it's got like sub clauses and shit in it. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That and and that's what you said that brought it to my mind in the first place was like that's the kind of thing that they might have in the epigraphs for the other books. So I'm gonna see what Dak thinks would come up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anybody else to predicaments? Yeah, I mean, Ellen's not a super great king is my predicament, and um, <laughs> you know, I think Straff's gonna come back try to take over for his son because that's the kind of guy he is. I think. Uh, I agree with Dak that Xbox called the Well of Ascension, so I assume something's going to bolster Vin to travel to the Well of Ascension to try to figure out where everything began. Because I, you know, part of Kelsier's dream, which Kelsier may have believed, well, once we defeat the Lord Ruler, you know, the world will will uh, slowly go back to the way it was, and things will be green, and mm. the sun will be yellow, and sunshine, so she... lollipops, and yeah. rainbows, everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she might. I mean, I, she's obviously going to notice. Well, things. Things didn't do that, so maybe I need to go. <laughs> the Lion check King this. lied to me. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I need to go check this out and see what 
what's going on. Or maybe the threat will just loom so large over Luthadel, like things will start to get worse in the world, and she'll realize, oh, we've got to, I've got to go do something about this. So I think that's a possibility. I'm, you know, long, long prediction. I still think somehow Sazed is going to end up being uh, not as great of a guy as we think he is. I think there's going to be a turn okay. somewhere. That's a long shot, but that's I'm just throwing that out there. But so he's um, just too awesome to be left alone. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could be like he could be like a Dumbledore, but you know, Dumbledore wasn't a great guy. That's fair. No, he did some shady stuff. Okay, I, I I have to agree with you on one thing that I think if uh, if we got to a second book and Ellen was immediately like best king ever, that would be uh, really unbelievable. I mean, did anyone here <laughs> think Ellen was going to be a good king? I, I mean, as soon as they said Ellen was king, I was like, I had to reread it. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Jamie, what do you have? Yeah, I I really think that last statement from the Lord Ruler before he died you know, whatever he was supposedly protecting them from, you know, that's going to trigger Vin's journey to the Well of Ascension. I also agree that Sazed, I'm not entirely certain where he stands. Now we know, you know, ferrochemists and, and alamances can be can be one person. I, I think Vin probably falls into that category. I suspect someone else will as well. I think we, we'll definitely learn a lot more about Sazed as well and maybe his past Maybe he knows more than what he's willing to share at the moment. But yeah, I guess we'll just have to see what the first few chapters hold and yeah, see so where we pick up and, and what else is coming our way. Okay. Oh, uh, one thing I did forget. In their initial planning sessions for setting up the heist, they were talking about the Coloss or the Coloss, and those things have not shown up yet. So I'm just like, what the fuck are those things? When do we see those? Mm. You're absolutely oh, right. That's a good they point. have not shown up yet. And all, what we know about them is that they talk about them as creatures, kind of like they did the Inquisitors. And they mentioned that, like, they are so destructive, the Lord Ruler can't have them uh, near the center of his empire. Yeah, so, like, uh, I'm, I'm sort of picturing it's like like the remaining Inquisitors that are out there in the Empire are going to show up riding these things, like, Ringwraith style on those winged beasts. It's <laughs> like, yeah, no, we've got the power, bitches! <laughs> Interesting. Okay. That's that's Dak's new new prediction is uh, ring wraiths. Got it. <laughs> not not that inquisitors are uh, are unlike ring wraiths in some ways uh, when they're wearing like their cloaks and stuff with the hoods up. I kind of they're you know pretty unilaterally feared. There's not that many of them. Mm. Of course, like we don't know how many apparently. But uh, yeah. anyway, so moving on. This is the moment. Is there anyone who wants off this train? Uh, before we move into another book, anyone want to retire from this podcasting gig? Nope, I'm no. still in. Yeah, Australians I'm, are in. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in, like Laura okay. Flynn, Boyle, from the practice. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's I'm, a deep I'm, cut. I'm going to skate yeah. right past that. <laughs> oh, man. That's a, that's a, oh, you don't watch that show. It's a great no, Parks and Rec reference. Oh, Okay. So, we have a couple emails today that I was going to touch on here uh, at the end, and I wanted to make sure that we were continuing after this, so that because some of them are relevant to that. So, first email we got is from Retro Rocket, who has sent one in before, and he says, uh, he has several things, so we'll touch on them kind of one thing at a time. He says, what do you guys think about there being more undiscovered metals? Do you think there's a finite number of metals, or do you think you can pick oh, up any no. metal, and each one will produce some unknown effect, like volcanoes? 
<laughs> this guy's got my back. Nice. Yeah. Well, don't say that too soon. Uh, yeah. The rest of his... We, we'll get there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, th- I think there's more metals than they think there are. There might... In my head, maybe there's, like, some kind of uber metal that, like, you swallow it and then you get all the metals and you become super alamancer, you know? I don't know. But... <laughs> Okay. Your hair turns gold. You can fly around. You can punch people <laughs> in the face. <laughs> you get really badass theme music. Yeah. The guitar riff kicks in. So you're 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 on the finite metals train. There's there's not just every metal does some shit. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah, I'm finite. Uh, look, I I reckon that there is a finite number of metals. I don't believe we know of all of them. I don't believe the elements know of all of them, but I don't think it'll just be a oh yeah we'll eat this metal and and see what happens with that you know we could be talking about you know 20 or 30 metals but i I do believe it will be finite okay i suspect you know i just from all the things going through this book already it's like yeah like we thought we knew this stuff about alamance turns out we were wrong about some things like there's got to be more metals out there like especially towards the end of the book we found out oh okay so maybe this isn't quite the opposite of like, gold's in quite the opposite of Atti, and there's got to be alloys of those, and so mm-hmm. we've got to figure those... Yeah, there's there's got to be more metals out there that do other stuff. I don't know what they might be. You know, it'd be super cool if one of them did summon a volcano, because those ash mounts had to have come from somewhere, and the fact that they've poisoned the sky, like... Like, there's got to be something about that. But I don't I don't know what. But yeah, there's like... There, there will definitely be more metals with more effects. Speaking of which, just because it's not really a spoiler or anything, and he talks about it in the annotations, I just didn't touch on it. Uh, the eleventh metal is called molatium, and it is an alloy of adium. He talks about that in the annotations, and it's it's honestly not something that's going to come up a whole lot moving forward. So I don't have any objection with uh, letting you guys know that. Yeah, well, I mean, adium. Molatium. Adium is like really. Uh, it's it's the cornerstone of the empire's economy. So who the hell is gonna you know turn it into an alloy and potentially waste some of it? Mm-hmm. So uh, he he then says also some follow up questions. Do you think there are mistings for these metals, these new metals, or do you think that like gold and adium, uh, or do you think they will be like gold and adium in that you have to be a mistborn to use them? Well, I mean we don't really know. If there are people that could use only adium, I would assume that if you were a misting that could only use gold or only use adium, you may never get the opportunity to actually use either one. Mm. I would assume that they're going to save adium for people they know to be misborn. So I would say it's probable that there are such people in existence, but maybe that they actually haven't gotten to try to use those metals at all. That makes sense. I mean, I'd agree with that. We all, all we have mm-hmm. to go on is that Kelsier said that there are no mistings for the higher two metals, but we know that Kelsier doesn't understand Alamancy as well as he thought he did, that nobody really does. So it's that's totally a good theory. Uh, okay. Although, you have to admit that if uh, the one metal that they gave her that got rid of all of her other metals, if you were a misting for that, that would kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, you're, you're a misting. to get rid of power. Be- yeah, my power is to purge my body of other metals. Woohoo! <laughs> also, I think a couple weeks back, you were uncertain about my gender. Oh, that's right. I was reading Retro Rocket's email, and I was like, I started out calling him a guy, and I was like, or maybe a girl. That could be a girl name. I don't want to be 
gender, whatever. But uh, he says, I would like to clear that up. I am a guy, especially since we've established that girls can be guys, too. Just kidding. But seriously, I'm a male. Okay. <laughs> cool. Gotcha. <laughs> Thanks. And his next thing is also, is it Dak? D-A-K? Sorry, I have a hard time hearing exactly what his name is. Uh, it is, uh, we, we call him Dak with a D-A-C, but yeah, it's the same pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, he says, he isn't getting the lo- love like Jamie, not because he came up with volcanoes, but because he didn't find in-text support for his volcanoes theory. Tell him to do his research. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did that this episode, right? You were like, Ash, Ash Mounds, volcanoes. There you go. Like That's what, that's what I've been running on the whole time. <laughs> no, I knew where you were at, buddy. Don't let this ro- rocket whatever get to you. <laughs> We, so the three the three of us all have our things. Joe's the funny one, Jamie's the smart one, and I'm the stupid one. Oh, <laughs> Jack, no, you think... just didn't do your research. That doesn't make you dumb. I think you're smart and funny, Jack. It's okay. Oh. No, it's cool. Among the listeners, I'm the Ellen of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that means you get to be king. Uh, and then he ends his email by uh, saying, I'll leave it up to you whether to share this. I'm choosing to share it because it's, it's something good about me, which, you know. Uh, he says, I love how you were able to debate theories, both true and false, without giving away whether it is or not. I appreciate that. It's, it's hard work uh, when they say something that is quite uh, like a, a super insightful and correct thing to not react more to it than the completely crazy thing <laughs> they said five seconds before that. So thank you. I Retro- would agree. Uh, Retro Rocket, you did that really well. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bows. <laughs> okay. Yes. No. Not once have we said something. You just got you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> well, was... I do admire you for this uh, quality. I don't know that in regular life, playing devil's advocate so well is a good thing. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh... Anyway, we have another email. For... This one is from Jason. And Jason says, hey, if I timed this correctly, then you should get this when you were recording the last episode. And it's funny because I got this literally right before we started recording this episode. So Jason's timing was excellent. Wow. He says, if I I didn't, feel free to ridicule me. But could you please save it for the end? Okay. Oh, well, can I ridicule him now anyway? No, (laughs) please save it for the end. Oh, okay. Thanks, you guys, for going through this excellent book with an excellent podcast. I really enjoyed all your theories and meta-meta analysis. I'm not sure if any of you remember, but Volcano Dude, I'm terrible with names, threw out the Rashek theory back in episode 11 or something. I think it was actually Joe who threw out the Rashek theory back in episode 11. It was in episode 7. But, I like how we're just going to crap on Dak more. Like, no, 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 this good thing you're attributing to Dak was actually Joe. Yeah, it was the it was when I talked about my first time I also talked about Says possibly being evil. I threw it out there. I didn't even throw it out in predictions because I was like, This is crazy. What if Rashek is the Lord Ruler? Huh? Huh? And then you know, and most of the shit right. I predict that has come true, I do like that. <laughs> that that uh that will be in the next episode, which we'll get to in a minute. I have that clip already saved, so oh, we, won't, we, we won't dwell on it too much right this second. Uh he says, Good on other girl, still bad with names, for piecing it all together though. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, for the I love next that. Time. Volcano dude and other girl. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Volcano, no, why other is girl? girl? She's the only why? girl here. Yeah. Why is Jamie other girl? There's no other girl in the podcast. <laughs> no, ridicule at the end. Oh, okay. Um, uh, He says, I can't wait for the next book, which I think you said was the 11th medal. It is, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. I also have a question for the host. Sorry, no names. It's Data, by the way. Uh... 
secret history before or after era two. So I wasn't going to get into this until we got there. And I'm not going to answer your question explicitly, but I will share uh, with everyone, just in case you're interested, the debate over secret history before Era 1 or Era 2. So after the most recent Mistborn book was published, which takes place in what is called Era 2, a uh, short story was also published called Mistborn Secret History. The thing about secret history is there is a thing in that last most recent Mistborn book – Uh, which is called Bands of Mourning, something you find out there that you also find out in secret history. So it's like you can't read one without spoiling the other or that same reveal in the other one because it's the same reveal in both. Okay. And a lot of people feel the reveal is better and more impactful in Bands of Mourning than it is in secret history. So they say read secret history after Bands of Mourning so you get the very impactful reveal. The issue with that is secret history is set almost entirely within the first three books. Uh, It it starts very near the end of the book that we've just read and talks about some background stuff that's happening during the end of this book and the next two books. And there's lots of stuff where if you read it in secret history and you're You've recently read those first three books. You're familiar with what happens in them. You're like, oh, that's what was happening there. It like explains some stuff and highlights some stuff and gives it additional meaning. So there's another party that says secret history is best read right after the third book because all that stuff is still fresh in your mind at that point. And you spot all these little details that are like, oh, my gosh, I, I remember this from the other side. So – it is a very uh, active and uh, a very it, – it's a very contentious issue whether to read Secret History after the book called Hero of Ages or after the book called Bands of Mourning. And I'm not going to commit to either one right now. There's also a thing – and I wasn't going to get into this for a while. I'll just touch on it a little bit right now because it's not going to be relevant for a while. So I explained to Dak, and I don't know if I've ever told Jamie or Joe – A lot of Brandon's books take place in the same universe. It's actually a dwarf galaxy called the Cosmere. And these different series, while they take place on different planets, are somewhat interconnected in that there's characters that will pop up on different planets. There's – in fact, you guys have already met at least two people that in different book series will pop up on different planets completely. Oh, wow. So one of the things that I want to do with this show, because there's so many of these little details where sometimes it's like, depending on the order you're reading stuff in, you read one thing, you read the other thing, and it's not until like later on when you reread something, you're like, oh, I missed that connection because I hadn't read A before B, so I didn't have the knowledge of A to connect it with what happened in B. And what I want to do is I've put together a reading order that – I think will help you guys be as Cosmere aware as we progress as possible so you stand the best chance of spotting all of these little things as we go because some of them are super cool and I know I felt like amazing when I spotted this thing that you know if you hadn't read A you wouldn't never have realized what was going on in B and it doesn't take away from the story because they're designed so that you can read this series without having to read these this other series. It's just a really cool extra like Easter egg thing most of the time to be like, oh my gosh, that guy, I know him. Uh, there's even one guy who's like 
seriously an Easter egg hunt who is in every book in the Cosmere. So, uh, Mm. which I actually probably shouldn't have said that because I was going to wait to see how long it took you all to uh, realize. But anyway, too late now. I think it's Goodman Menace. (laughs) (laughs) So Secret History is the most Cosmere aware piece. It opens up a lot of information about the Cosmere in general and how things work in this universe. So that is another argument for maybe doing it earlier rather than later, because I want you guys to be as aware of these things as possible going forward. That being said, I'm not committing to either way right now. It is a contentious issue out there in the fan base, and I'm aware of that, and it's part of my consideration when we're determining the order here. But all that aside, that's that's way down the line. That is after let – let me look at my schedule here. That is – Well of Ascension I have scheduled would take us 20 episodes, and the Hero of Ages also uh, 21 episodes. So that is – 41 weeks away at the very, very earliest that it could be relevant. So we don't need to make that decision now. (laughs) The next thing that's happening for next week's episode, we are reading The 11th Metal, which is a short story that I mentioned uh, previously was written for the Mistborn Adventures RPG and was added to this collection of – uh, the Arcanum Unbounded collection of short stories, which is actually – that's where Mistborn Secret History was first published in that. That's uh, where we first got it. But anyway, so it is very important, uh, and I'm telling the three of you mainly, but anybody who might be reading along, and I've touched on this before, but it is very important when reading this. Do you guys uh, – if you happen to have Arcanum Unbounded handy, is there a uh, – a, a, in my Kindle version, there's a table of contents at the beginning uh, but I, or at the end, but I don't know if you guys have that in your versions. Yeah, we've got Uh, contents. Okay, so in looking at the table of contents, it is uh, very important uh, that – let me bring up my table of contents so that I can be on the same page metaphorically, not literally. So there is – it's sort of divided into into sections in my table of contents. Uh, The first one after title and preface and all that stuff is called the Selish system. We're skipping over that one. The second section is called the Skadrian system, which is, as I told you guys, this planet in Mistborn is called Skadrial. That's the system we're in. Uh, the, the book has interesting like essays about each different system, and we will – that is on the schedule at some point. We're going to read about the Skadrian system. Do not look at that section yet because that is extremely spoilerific. You want to go straight to the part about the, the one that's called the 11th Metal, which is the first thing after the essay in that – section and uh you read through the 11th metal it's not it's not terribly long it's uh let me see it is about the length let me look at my my thing it is it is a little bit longer than your average chapter in the final empire uh, but there were several chapters that are longer than it so i i suspect next week will be a relatively short episode because we're going to do the best of or predictions segment so don't look at the the Skadrian system <laughs> stuff before, for sure. Then when it ends, afterwards there is a postscript where he explains, you know, this short piece was pub- piece was published, blah blah blah. Don't read that. It, it's like two or two and a half pages, but there is at least one sentence in there that will spoil you for something coming up in the next book. So don't read the postscript either. You read through the eleventh medal. When you get to the word postscript at the top of the page, stop. Uh, I wanted to make sure we hammered that in for you guys and any viewers watching because this is the most dangerous part for spoilers is when we move into Arcanum Unbounded and try to pick something out to read because uh, everything in there is spoilers of one kind or another. 
Yeah, and just so you guys know, Data thinks he's on TV. He meant listeners listening, not viewers watching. <laughs> <laughs> you can you, you sh- shut up. <laughs> people keep telling me that if you if you take your podcast and like put some sort of visual with it and put it on youtube you get way more hits but i don't wanna uh, that sounds like work don't you guys want to feel like you're on old time radio <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's that's for next time i suspect our episode won't be super long but i've said that before and it never uh, goes the way i think it <laughs> anyway uh, Before we wrap up, though, yeah. Jay, Jamie and I did have something funny which we want, which we wanted to bring up this week. After last episode, we were talking about the Inquisitor's car, where we thought his name was Carl, and like, oh, he's married to Karen. Yep. And then, and then Jamie came up with this whole like little comic strip sketch idea. Like, I, I think you should read, you should tell him that one. Oh, I just sort of had the idea that you know Carl and Karen were getting married, and they'd sent their uh, invitation to the Lord Ruler because you've got to invite the boss and the you know Tavidian's there with him and you know the uh, Lord Ruler sitting there playing his Xbox and just like not caring about anything <laughs> and Tavidian's like, oh, like well are you that? gonna go are we gonna go to the wedding like what's gonna happen and the Lord Ruler's like I don't care what do you think and and then he's like well I think we're obligated to go uh, which is terrible dad joke <laughs> and then, Carl is overhearing this and then he goes home to Karen and he's whinging about it and he's like, I don't know where he gets these dad jokes from. He's not even a father. <gasps> and that's how he figured out. <laughs> that that's amazing. Yeah, my, my, strip. Uh, my, my, my one contribution to this was like when Tavidian makes that joke, he does like the finger guns and everything else. And then there's just like that panel of the Lord Ruler staring at him. And then the Lord Ruler just goes, Tavidian, this is why they want to kill you. <laughs> I like that too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Carl and Karen, that's perfect. And nobody likes Karen, so that makes it even better. Yeah. <laughs> no one likes Sorry to all the Karens who might be listening. Yeah, I didn't say we don't like you. I said we don't like Karen. <laughs> this Karen. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Anybody who marries an Inquisitor, you know. Uh, that, that, that was an awesome addition. Anyone? I don't know how you're going to top that. Was there anything else anyone wanted to hit on before we <laughs> say goodnight? Uh, I just want to say thanks to the listeners for taking this journey with us. It was wild, man. So yeah. um, I, I really, yeah, I appreciate you guys sticking with us. Anybody who's been listening through the through all the episodes, I hope you guys are having fun. It's been fun for us, I think. And um, well, I hope you stick with us because. We're we're on an adventure, and as uh, as Barrett says in Final Fantasy VII, oh, there ain't yeah. no getting off. <laughs> there ain't no getting off of this train we on. Not till we hit the end of the line. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm I'm good with that. I have to say, guys, I am having lots of fun. I love reading and hearing y'all's theories on this. It's uh, as someone who's read all the books, it's like having being able to read them again for the first time which is the whole point of the show and so i hope other people who are listening are feeling the same way yeah i'm excited for next week when we get to like ask you like how did you feel when we said that like what were you thinking at that time Mm -hmm. i think that'll be fun to do yeah anyone else wants to send us emails it's the sanderlanch at gmail.com or tweet at us at the sanderlanch go to our facebook page check out our uh our instagram where this last week i posted a series of uh, of pictures recreating Kelsier's fight in miniature with the Inquisitor. 
it's the best thing I've posted yet on the Instagram because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> was it was funny. pretty amazing. So uh, stay tuned for more adventures of, of Volcano Dude and Other Girl. <laughs> they will return. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. Music by Miracle Sound. Bye. Bring